On this week's episode, Space Jam gets the slam dunk on Black Widow, Loki's future impact on the MCU, and we revisit our time with Legos. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Mannequin Media, and everything that we do at PopCultureCosmos.com, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He's our own Josh Culture Cosmos for PopCultureCosmos.com. You got to check out what he's doing today at Humanity Media, PopCultureCosmos.com, and everywhere else you can find him, including the Super BS Gamescast, and of course, his amazing book, which you can get right now. Congratulations. You suck, and that is available at Barnes and Noble and Amazon. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What's up? Hey, I apologize if I keep looking up. I actually have the uh, OBS stream on a TV above my head. So if you get a get a good glimpse of my neck throughout the show, it's because I'm looking up, trying to make sure everything looks good. On to topic Ocalypse. So there's actually a new episode dropping this week. So. The beginning of the end is beginning. So, yeah, it's been, it, dude, I, th- and this is one of the reasons the show's ending, right? Because, like, it is, as we're, you know, we've learned over the years, it's so hard to, or, and it's no fault of, like, the people who are on the show, but it's just hard to organize people who have things going on, you know? Like, we're all, we've, we've all got lives and kids and things like that, so it's just hard. And that's why the show's, you know, coming to an end, but it's also been the reason why it's taken so long to actually end the show. Space Jam, A New Legacy, hit theaters and is actually projected in a surprise to beat Black Widow by the end of the weekend as the number one box office movie in North America and in many countries around the world. So big hit for LeBron, I think garnering over a $30 million haul, which is going to be the largest largest family-oriented film of the pandemic. So kudos to LeBron. The reviews have not been very kind. In fact, right now it's averaging a thing around a 36 or 37 on Metacritic out of 100. So that's not good. And then I think the Rotten Tomatoes say 40, under 40% or right around 40% of the reviews are positive. I can tell you I have seen the movie. If you're into animation, if you're an animation buff, this is cutting-edge animation that they used. It, it took all your favorite characters from the Warner Brothers looney tunes regime and really did a number on them really helped spice it up it shows you what the animation will look like in the future it is a moving walking running jumping commercial for everything warner brothers so if you ever wondered what was in the library for warner brothers as far as the ips it has whether it's harry potter the matrix and so much more all that stuff there you will see it time and time again plastered in front of your face The story itself tries to evoke a lot of that same importance as far as a basketball game that they did with Michael Jordan's Space Jam 25 years ago. It doesn't resonate as well. I think that's the problem. I think Don Cheadle was enjoying himself standing in front of a green screen, being the evil for two hours, and he was actually one of the best parts out of it. LeBron, all I'll say is this. uh, It wasn't train wrecked for him people remember the movie and his appearance there he was very lauded for that performance he will not be lauded for this performance there are some other issues i had with it but overall the animation style i think was really really something to see but i give it an okay i give the movie an okay eh? because again the forever how many lapses the story we had the animation for me more than made up for it so 
There you go. There you go. But I can see why people are dumping on this film if you're not a big fan of it. So just we'll say that. But yes, if you are into great animation or you want to just see how they thought of Space Jam in a new time span and a new generation, go ahead and check out Space Jam New Legacy. That's available on HBO Max and also theaters as well. So, yeah, I I watched it. Unfortunately, I fell asleep twice. <laughs> I do have some thoughts. Okay. So, one, you know, I like the family dynamic with LeBron James. Yeah, I don't know, actually know if that's how their family dynamic is in real life, but I thought that his kids and his wife did a good job acting. They're in- all actors, by the way. Are they? Wait, 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 wait. So, is this not actually his family? No. What? Wow. Okay. All right. So, that takes care of that. As far as like LeBron's acting chops, like I don't, I didn't believe him as a dad. I didn't believe him like playing that part. Don Cheadle. Yeah. So he was, he was probably my favorite part about that movie. Like he just, I don't know. He was so hateable. And like, I think that they really succeeded in villainizing him. And when I say hateable, not him, he's not hateable as a human being, but I mean, his character was so hateable. Like you, like that was some really, really good work on his part. You know, and I know that this is like the bottom of the barrel for his like acting chops, but like it was, it was good. It was good. I like that a lot. Can I just say there was, you know, outside of Don Cheadle, that part with Michael Jordan was pretty funny. But yeah, the animation was really nice. It was, it was very crisp, you know, and I love how I enjoyed them going in and out of these different worlds and how you can kind of see the animation styles for different projects move in there like dc has a very distinctive tone you know looney tunes has a very distinctive tone it was i I don't know like it 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 was a nice display of what warner brothers can do but it is a walking commercial for hbo max so that's what i was going to say like it felt like they did everything they could to make this this looney tunes movie not focused on the looney tunes you even go onto the plate you know when they're on the court they have game of thrones they have pennywise in the background like the matrix they have all their like famous characters in the background and they're doing everything they can to make this looney tunes movie not focused on the looney tunes you know that's another thing too like yeah it felt like an h it felt like a film reel for both hbo max and warner brothers like as an entity it felt like a film reel with a narrative and even saying it had a narrative felt like it might be off a little bit. You know, that was, again, that's my big beef is the fact that, like, regardless of what I think of LeBron as a human being, you know, like, he, he's he's not he's not a very humble athlete. And, like, regardless of what I think of him, it just, he I didn't believe his performance most of the time. Like, I was going to say, if that's his real family, then, like, you know, he's pretty spot on. But then, you know, you you said you told me the truth. And now, yeah. now I'm like, ah, that's why something felt off there. I mean, again, yeah, it does feel more like a portfolio than anything else. And, like, I I, I enjoy the DC, the animated DC stuff. I, I have enjoyed some of the new Looney Tunes stuff. But this, like, you know, I, I felt like there should have been, like, this this movie had potential to be good you know the last space jam movie with jordan like it it packed an emotional punch but this one not you know not really uh no it kind of lost its focus you know there's more of a parade a property parade than anything else it felt kind of gimmicky you know the kid who plays who creates video games you know like they're this movie it looked like they were trying to like parts of it were trying to mimic ready player one yeah and like that was super clear from the start of the film. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of like lost what made the first Space Jam feel very special to me. I mean, and they did their their typical like hijinks they do in Looney Tunes, but they did not like really develop any characters. You know, and not that you can develop much like Bugs Bunny in them, but it just it, it felt like none of the characters had any motivation for doing anything besides helping LeBron. Intermixed with Josh's thoughts, I thought I'd go ahead and also have some thoughts here from my good friend. He is the man behind Honey Queen, who just came back from Disneyland. The happiest place on earth. He hopefully didn't destroy it, because I'm going to be heading there in a little while. But it is a good man indeed. It is knowing and fine. Noah, I know you wanted to share thoughts today on Space Jam, A New Legacy, which did win the box office at a little over $31 million domestically here at the U.S. Did surprise over Black Widow 
And that's something I will talk about here in a little bit as far as Black Widow and the disappointment in its second week because it did fall around 80%, which is the highest decline of any Disney Marvel movie in its second week. But we'll talk about the reasons why here in a bit. But first off, it is Space Jam A New Legacy. I mean, right now you see what the critics are saying in regards to it. Metacritic has put it right around a robust 36 out of 100, so that's really not good at all. Rotten Tomatoes has not put it much higher as far as the percentage of positive reviews. But I want to hear your thoughts on Space Jam, A New Legacy. I said it was eh, simply because of the performances of Don Cheadle and also the great animation. But it is a walking commercial for HBO Max. Oh, that's a definite. I mean, well, here's the thing. One is Roger Rabbit work. Roger Rabbit work because, yes, it was kind of a commercial for Disney and Looney Tunes, but it was a nice mixture and a great story, and you had this great chemistry between Bob Hoskins and the voice of Roger Rabbit, and we saw the behind the scenes of why that worked. I don't recall the behind the scenes of the original Space Jam. There was very little chemistry of Michael Jordan and his performance, and now that we have a new with LeBron James have been talking about for years. I don't know if LeBron was the first. I don't know over the years who else they were going to get. I, I heard different things. I've heard Scottie Pippen. I know before Kobe Bryant passed away, he was considered. I even heard... Well, this is LeBron James' production. He oh, owns okay. a production company, so he garnered the rights to Space Jam in order to go ahead and produce that. This is 100% all his doing. Well, and it shows. I just want to say it shows. And you know what? I don't know what he's like on the court. I know that he apparently had a great cameo or whatever in Trainwreck. He was awesome in Trainwreck. Absolutely I'm sure, awesome. I'm, I'm sure he was. But you know, here's the bottom line, though, is that I'm watching the original Space Jam and I'm watching this one. I think the problem is... He was is absolutely not awesome in Space Jam. No, 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 no. I'm just saying my, my bottom line is this, is that this is abysmal because they're cookie court cutting a story... They're throwing in all the Warner Brothers properties, not just the Looney Tunes characters, but they're throwing in Rick and Morty, they're throwing in King Kong, they're throwing in Pennywise from It, they're throwing in the 1992 Penguin Danny DeVito, they're throwing in Mr. Scooby-Doo in the way in the corner. They did the Mystery Machine, you barely made it out, but it was there. No, and we saw Jabba Iron Joe. Giant. Yeah, yeah. We, saw, we saw Jabba Joe, and we saw Mr. Freeze. Yep, Jabba Joe. I did. I, I pointed that out to my daughter. Yeah, Mr. Right. Freeze. Yeah, the Batman. Obviously, the DC Corporation, as I far mean, as it was kind of represented. The monsters are there, but they look like they're cut, copy, and paste, and recycled. And Don Cheadle's performance, I'm sorry. He just looks like he just got out of the He was bathroom. having fun. I disagree with you on Don Cheadle. I thought he was amazing as the villain. He was absolutely tearing it up. He and the animation are the only reason this movie is even considered passable. I like him in other things. I think his best performance, the first thing I saw him as a cameo, was a small role in Night Court, which is a Warner Brothers property. And then he was in a Warner Brothers movie, The Rat Pack in 1998, where he played Sammy Davis Jr. I'm a huge fan of his. But the problem I'm having with this movie is LeBron James. I don't like him. I don't like the animation. There aren't any jokes. There aren't any arcs. I mean, we have a little bunny now where she's going to be with the Amazons and training with Wonder Woman, and there's no payoff. I don't know. She. I understand that apparently off-screen Don Cheadle told the Looney Tunes characters they could be whatever they want to be, and they dissipate for a small while, and then they, they magically come back and, and – we we now are in the serververse inside the Matrix because that's coming back. We have a, another Matrix joke. Well, actually, no, because Space Jam. Well, there was a there was a Matrix joke. There was yeah. a Harry Potter joke. There was well, there yeah. was a Harry Potter joke. They just they just went by Harry Potter. I mean, it's great that we had the 1996 Superman animation, yeah. and I liked I do like those one joke with Daffy where he goes to DC World. And he's going to cause crimes, but off camera. But then on camera, he's going to be super duck and save Metropolis because that's what Daffy would do. I kind of like that idea, but there. Are, but then we have to go to this video game basketball game with 
piss poor CGI. Some of the worst CGI I've ever seen ever. I disagree movie. with you on that. I thought the CGI and animation. Was I did not like the Goon Squad. I did not like the close-ups of but, the Goon Squad. The, the, the Goon Squad was take or leave it, but you know the way the Looney Tunes was leveled up. I think uh, all of the other animations were were really good. It just showed to me that there's a next level animation in store for us as viewers. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. So LeBron James, he's sometimes he's animated and sometimes he's live action. Was that because of COVID or was that just because... No, this was this film, I believe, was filmed before COVID came out because this was actually slated, I believe, for a 2020 release, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, well, whatever the case may be, the the story seems to be the complete opposite. When Michael Jordan told the Looney Tunes characters to have fun, LeBron is telling them that they have to be serious. And he he has his made up son who created a video game that's a hybrid video game basketball game and he's telling his kid you can't play games you have to be a basketball player and it's all but you have to take the fun out of fundamentals and there's no fun in this movie it's just cameos and properties and there's really any basketball or any basketball jokes because you're playing in a video game simulation of something LeBron's son created and you have, you know, Don Cheadle as algorithm who wants to suck everybody in, but he'll delete other characters. I'm sorry. It's too much. It's not the same as the original, which wasn't that great to begin with, but at least I can remember a couple of quotes. There's nothing. And again, I go back to what was the point of any of this for the arc for the Looney Tunes characters if Lola wants to be something different than a symbol, if the characters want to be more than just Looney Tunes characters, and if Daffy wants to be, I don't know, a, a hero that secretly causes collateral damage and then swoops in and cleans it up. I mean, everybody's going in different directions, and then you keep throwing in Jabberjaw in the background. And as I said, I love that reference. Like, I love that they dropped him in there. So, you know, Jabberjaw. But but then and, and why is Pennywise the dancing clown in this movie? You, well, you don't have Pepe Le Pew. He's a Warner Brothers property. But, but here's my question though: You get rid of Pepe Le Pew, but you bring in the 1992 Penguin and Pennywise the dancing clown, which are more controversial than with Pepe Le Pew. I no, that, not in today's society right now. I, I don't think they are. I could not wait for this movie to end. I was bored out of my mind. Didn't care about the stakes. And they rushed through, even with the points. I mean, in the in the original Space Jam, when the monsters are racking up points, they had that screw, we ate it. Here, they just have it that the goon squad, because they're powerful, they're able to you know, get a thousand-something baskets. And in the second half, Wile E. Coyote creates a, a machine to at least keep up with the baskets. But it's not the same stakes and drama, dare I say it, with the original. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as, Jay, as Tim. Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Uh, Jock and Nerd. Again, I go back to you have the Monstars and you just have them in their bug form at the same frame rate for two scenes, there's nothing to this movie. And as for R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly, which is a great song, you now have this other song now called My Guy at the end of the film. This is this is not rewatchable in any shape or form. I'm not going to give away the ending, which I thought was a middle finger anyway. But no, this is probably a sequel that nobody wanted, nobody asked for. It's lazy. A lot of people seem to be enjoying it because, again, it was number one, surprisingly, at the box office. Yeah, it's number one at the box office because what's out right now. But I can tell you, when I saw Black Widow, there are some other trailers that I'm more excited for. This movie, I was not. And quite frankly, the, the only Warner Brothers movie that I'm really curious about would be Suicide Squad. Past all that, no, this is a misuse 
of every property. Even the King Kong made, I know what it's referencing to, but even that CGI with King Kong, I was really disappointed that they didn't really bring in, instead of the goon squad, they could have brought in these Warner Brother villains and properties to go against the You're talking squad. about the Toon Squad. Yeah, well, the Goon Squad, you know, the villains. Yes. You know, you know, and I'm then the Toon Squad was the actual heroes. Right, right, right. I mean, it would have been great if, if, if the Gremlins were playing basketball against Bugs Bunny or you had the combinations could have been endless. If you have all, instead of just them in the background in the, in the cheering squad, it would have been great for Pennywise to come in and play basketball for a few minutes. Cause he can turn that giant spider. You, you have King Kong, you have great ape. I mean, you have all these great characters besides the Looney Tunes. No offense. That's what I was really hoping they were going to do. But again, you have all these combinations and these possibilities and it's just, hey, look what we could put on screen, and it just it falls flat. Well, again, there's some other things that, for me, made it something that's eh at very best. It, it was a flat movie at times. Uh, the the emotional punch was not there. the The reasons why you're supposed to be watching it, and and LeBron's reasonings and his dealings with his son, just there they didn't convey any emotion at all. I mean, even though the the actor that played his youngest son in the film was actually pretty good. So just, just nothing there conveyed. And a lot of it has to do with LeBron James. So much relied on LeBron James acting. And unfortunately he just was not up to it this time around. Sonequa Martin Green, who is sensational in Star Trek discovery was just relegated to holding a kid for over an hour, just sitting on the sidelines, just smiling or just maybe saying a couple words to LeBron. And that was it. Again, that was something that was a waste of her immense talents and then you have, again, the situation where a lot of it was based on the IPs and the Warner Brothers properties and not on the Looney Tunes themselves, which, you know, if you're trying to revive the Looney Tunes characters and make new cartoons out of them, I'm not sure this was the greatest representation because they weren't on screen enough. It was more about we need to remind you and hit you over the head with we've got DC, we've got The Matrix, we've got this we've got that we've got harry potter we've got all these things we know you've got all these things but this didn't need to be a walking hbo max commercial this needed to be more of a fleshed out movie and despite don Cheadle's best efforts as the villain which i think he was just having one heck of a good time because you could see you could tell when actors are really getting into and enjoying their work and yes was he in front of a green screen the entire time yes all the actors were but to him, he seemed to be really thriving and enjoying in it. And to me, that and the new animation style that they gave and the looks they gave to the Looney Tunes and the animation style, for me, the CGI, I think was the only reasons why this movie even gets any kind of a pass for me. But it's still, to me, I'd say that's about a 5 out of 10 for me. I think it's still something that has a lot of issues that it could not overcome. It's a technical foul. It's it's a one out of five. And I would just have to say that if you want something with IPs in today's world that worked, Lego movie and Lego Batman movie made it work because they gave each property a chance to breathe. I still go back to Roger Rabbit. I don't know how that worked, but there was at least chemistry and for a character's time to breathe and there was a purpose. But you're right. This was an HBO Max commercial. You could have had a lot more fun with just what you could utilize with the characters, the plot's cookie cutting. I'm not going to take it away from the actor who played LeBron's son, who wants to just create video games. Or he was good. He no, was he was good. good. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from. No, I'm not. But I think that they were just misused. And again, you're right. LeBron's wife, very good actor, had very little to work with. Every everything, even his. Well, it's a nice paycheck for her if you just stand there and you're told for an hour and a half to hold a kid and just say hi to LeBron. Yeah, I get that. Or or save our. I'll take son. it. Yeah, I'll, or, I'll hold a kid for an hour and a half and say hi to LeBron. I'll get. Or, I'll take that paycheck. Or 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 even even LeBron's agent or friend or whatever he was that's supposed to be with the late night character. It was. Just, I mean, you have a lot of talented people, and yet this is just a waste. On, on, on time and towns is here here's what Warner Brothers is. And you know what? I, I've heard rumors about whether they are gonna hold on to subscribers or not, but this was just a sequel. My suggestion is I told people on Facebook, use HBO Max to do three things. Go find the classic Looney Tunes from the forties or fifties, 
go watch Retoons back in action or go watch Lego Batman movie, Lego movie, or even on Disney, go watch Roger Rabbit to see how it's done. Or even watch the original Space Jam on HBO Max. Not a great movie, but it's a lot more watchable than this Drek. Well, again, you and I might not have the greatest of opinions on it, but the ratings for the average consumer out there are still kind of high. Similar to what we're seeing for The Tomorrow War, which I thought was the absolute worst. And a lot of people are liking what they see and they're they're approving of what they see, in fact, to the point where a sequel is already being discussed. And I know because of the great response on the box office and the fact that it won the box office and surprisingly actually was well over what was anticipated. I think that we could see a sequel to this at some point in time, uh, despite what you're saying on it, despite what I'm saying on it, if it does a lot for HBO Max in its first weekend, I can pretty much guarantee you that we will see a Space Jam 2, an even newer legacy down the road. Well, I've heard rumors that there were seven canceled sequels. One of them dealt with golf, so I guess we'll see what happens. But what are your thoughts out there on Space Jam, a new legacy? We'd love to hear it. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Josh, one of our frequent listeners, Bill, sent us an email this past week in regards to a conversation we had on Legos which causes us to maybe look at it from a different perspective, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, I guess it depends on the IP. I did a little research, you know, after we got, you know, after talking to you about this, and I guess there has been a rise in the, I guess they, they operate, their prices are based on like a number of pieces to cost ratio. And like, I guess that cost has gone up just a little bit, though, not a lot. But what's happening is a lot of these newer sets, like these big collector sets, like the Hogwarts Castle or the Death Star, whatever it might be, they just have so many more pieces compared to what was available, like back when I was a kid, you know, back in the 90s. And I think that's where the rise in prices come in has been over the fact that like these do have a significant amount of pieces you know we're looking at what was that we were talking about last week i said there's a death star that's like currently selling for like three thousand dollars or something like that like yeah yeah we're taking into account the caught the increase in pieces being made for these sets and also the collectability of them right now because they have like the some of the mandalorian sets have had limited run so like i got i had a buddy who collects the the mandalorian sets and like he happen to get a couple of the ones that are no longer in print so boom the price goes up like they're doing the same thing nintendo does and they're creating demand by having limited run sets you know granted you can still get a lot of this stuff pretty easily but these are the thing the the factors that are driving the cost up and there's nothing wrong with that because there is definitely a collector's market for legos and i don't think legos are going away anytime soon i think that you know as as they dive into more pop culture properties that we're going to see this increase, you know, Legos, I wouldn't be surprised if Lego was even working on an NFT of some type, you know, like I was talking to my mom about this the other day. Cause she was, she got me a red power ranger flip head for my birthday. And I was, thought that that was pretty cool. But like the cost of toys has gone up because these toys now there, it doesn't matter what it is. It eventually becomes a collector's item because now people are seeing that like oh hey i should have held on to this video game or oh hey i should have held on to this toy because it's going to be worth something and that thinking alone has driven the cost up significantly of a lot of this stuff you go to target you can get certain toys for ten dollars or under but if like you want a really nice action figure you're looking at paying anywhere from 18 to 25 dollars for that well i'll say this legos has gone out of the way to provide entry-level sets at a good value for youngsters with many of them being under $50. But as you get older, and if you're looking to become a collector, be aware the price does get much higher for what they have to offer. So what are your thoughts out there on Legos and their value to consumers? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, Josh, Noah, and I will share thoughts on the ending of Loki and its lasting impact, the fall from grace for Black Widow at the box office, And what's the level of interest with the Steam Deck? This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. 
thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to what we have right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. We're interjecting our thoughts on some of the various things on in pop culture between myself, Noeen Fine, and also Josh Peterson. So I, I had read that Kevin Feige had a meeting with all the people involved in the MCU to talk about what the rules of the multiverse are. And it sounds like there's a lot of like cool things coming down the pipeline. But I also, you know, I know Loki was renewed for a second season. My, my big fear here is, and I, I know we've talked, we talked about this before, but like, my big fear here is that we're going to be oversaturated with Marvel stuff. You know, like with the movies were nice because they came out every once in a while, but there's with multiple seasons of shows and more shows, and there's so many shows slated to come out over the next like year and a half. And like my fear here is that I'm not going to get a chance to watch a lot of them. And when the next movie comes out, I'm just going to be lost. I don't know. In the movies, they're going to have to start doing like referencing the stuff in the shows. You know, because yeah. I guarantee you there, I mean, like I'm going to try to watch as much as I can, but I guarantee you that there's going to be people out there who maybe can't watch these shows. You know, they, they don't have time. They they can go to the movie theaters with their with their kids or whatever, uh, you know, on a weekend, but they don't have time to sit at home on a weeknight and watch some of these shows. So like they, I, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't be the only person that like doesn't have time to watch a lot of TV these days. So they're going to have to start referencing things because if they don't, it's just people are going to be lost. And if you're like a fan of what's already been done, you know, and they're talking about tying defenders into these shows and introducing new characters that are eventually going to cross over into like the films, like the, the shows and the films are going to cross paths. And, you know, I just like, I've told you about my distaste for that closing credit scene in a uh, black widow where you have Julia Louis Dreyfus there, and you know I, I don't know. It's just the whole idea of them trying to like shoehorn you into, you know, what's coming out next. I'm gonna try to watch as much as I can, but I just I don't want to get to a point where there's like ten Marvel shows out at once, you know, because like like I said, I just I don't have time to watch all of them as much as I'd Loki like to. Loki episode six and where that is going for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I see big thumbs up, which warms my heart. I think knowing and fine, despite our grievances in regards to Space Jam, and also, well, I don't want to say I have a grievance totally because I didn't think the movie was great either. But then we also had Black Widow, which I said was okay and which you did not like. But we certainly seem by that thumbs up that you have an agreement with me about Loki episode six, the way it ended up. Jonathan Majors was simply outstanding, and and the fact is he should be given all the credit in the world for setting up this new phase. He's going to be a ma he's going to be playing a major role going forward as a Kang or whoever Immortus or whoever he's going to be playing down the road. You know, there's going to be a Kang the Conqueror, most likely in the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. He was labeled as Kang the Conqueror, playing Kang the Conqueror. If you remember that presentation that they did for their shareholders, he's also might have an appearance in the upcoming Doctor Strange 2 and the multiverse, he might be playing a part there. This is something where you're going to see him, I believe, in ultimately in different roles because we saw him just kill it in this latest episode, the season-ending episode for Loki, as the character He Who Remains. Basically, his death as He Who Remains will set up the future going forward for this next phase I thought it was a really bold move by Marvel to do this on a TV show. And it tells me that you need to watch the TV shows just as much as you need to watch the films. Maybe not so much the what if shows, because that's a different alternate thing entirely. But for the regular series that they have and for the movies going forward, you're going to have to go ahead and stay up on one or the other. I choose both, you know. 
but and the other. Thing, yeah, and the yeah. Other. Well, here's the thing. I loved episode five. Uh, I mean, I already pre-ordered my um, Loki Gator, but six. I have to be honest with you. I I still have a love hate relationship towards this character, Kang the Conqueror, but you have the right actor who gave it. I know people complained there was a lot of talking and a lot of exposition on uh, speeches. Oh yeah, I mean it's also a very divisive episode. I mean right, my right. my daughter didn't didn't like it for some of those reasons, and I know a lot of other people didn't. But some of the people like myself saw that situation where yes, it was an episode of all talking and just sitting around a desk and an office, but in that very unlikely scenario you had you hit a home run because you had an actor that could take such a benign situation as sitting around a desk and he created so much more out of it and it just credit all goes to jonathan majors for making a lot of people like myself so excited for the rest yeah, of you us. know let me ask you this though seriously you pick up any marvel or dc comic I'm sorry. There is a lot of talking and speeches before you get to a battle anyway. So, and, and you give me 24 hours. I mean, even when Thanos got the stones back in the late 80s, early 90s, before they had the Infinity Gauntlet and how he got those stones, there was a lot of talking to get those stones. It just wasn't action-packed. So, it, again, depending on the writer – the the dialogue can be very deep, and if you're not into that type of superhero or that type of comic book story, then that's why it's not going to be for you. And a lot of people were critical on just all talking and not enough action. But we've seen a lot of action, and it has nothing to do with the budget. It has to do with the fact that Loki has been doing the same thing since 2010 onward, where he's been backstabbing, he's wanted the throne – now he has the ability to change, and after going through rehabilitation, his variance, and seeing what his destiny is going to be, he is writing his own ticket from now on. That's what he wants to do, and that's what I enjoy. And even his variance in five, you know, besides the boastful one, if you researched all those Lokis, classic Loki played by Richard E. Grant made a lot of valid points. Even the oh, Richard E. Grant was sensational. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely. He is one of my favorite movies, Hudson Hawk, but I'll get to that another time. Oh, yeah, no. yes, yeah. That's another yeah. argument for another day. Let's, yeah, uh, you, but, know, you but, and I want to stay friends. So. Yeah, but I, I love him, and I was sad to see him go, but maybe he might come back. But you know what? Here's my question. If Lady Loki or Enchantress is a variant of Loki and Loki loves her, does Loki love himself? I don't know. He doesn't look that he wants to. I don't want to give away the that that ending before credits. And I know we're getting season two, and I know this is going to bleed into the MCU. But where does this leave Loki? If Tom Hiddleston didn't want to do this anymore, we have the multiverse and we have variants and that's he's great. doing that's... season two i mean right, right. Season, i'm just, I'm I mean, just talking... it's going to be centered somewhat around lady loki but i have a feeling tom hiddleston is set up to continue this i mean oh, i don't I'm sure i'm yeah, just saying I, I mean the ending dictates that the ending dictates that he oh, yeah, will yeah, yeah, play yeah, yeah. role yeah i'm just saying hypothetically that if anything ever happened the excuse now is when we have variants. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Well, the same thing as far as the young Avengers that they've all been yeah. popping and sprinkling in there. You know, yeah, same I'm, thing I'm, could be with Lady Loki that they could bring her on if Tom Hiddleston, like you said, decides to go ahead and check right, them out. Right, right. But but I don't think Tom Hiddleston, he's done with this yet because they found something new to do with, with this character. Yeah. Like, I, I, mean, really I, I like the I like the twist at the end. I absolutely yeah, I like, like it. I like it, too. I'm not going to give it away if you haven't seen yet, but I guess my question now becomes with this Kang the Conqueror, is it going to be... Well, we don't know Kang the Conqueror yet. The only reason I could say that is because he was listed as Kang the Conqueror in that presentation that they did to shareholders earlier this year when his name was listed, Jonathan Majors, for the upcoming Ant-Man of the Wasp. He might be a King of the Conqueror in that film, but he might play other roles in other films. So that's what I want to know. He's still going to be part of this, the actor. Yes. Yeah. He who remains, I believe, is dead. But right. it could be – if you read the comics, and I'm not big on the comics, but if you read the comics, the King the Conqueror also was played and was several different entities from several different universes from several different multiverses right so he 
popped in there as one character one time, you pop in another time. In fact, there were times where, like what was described in that last episode, remember how, you know, uh, he who remains opened the door for all these other kings to come in and they meet it and cooperated with each other and whatnot until things went awry. That's the same thing that could go on here. It's where you could have one king meet another, let's just say, for instance, Kang or another name, Immortus or whatever names he's, he's going to be called in the future. You could have them working together or you can have one appearance from an Immortus on one movie. You can have a Kang the Conqueror in another. Then you can have him, Jonathan Majors, playing another Kang-like character in another and, and so on and so forth because it just sets up so many variances here. Sorry, pardon the pun for the variance, but so many different things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. This is now what the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Stones were to the previous phases in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and and you know what? We've wanted the multiverse. We didn't think we were going to get it. We are. We we didn't think we were going to get variants. We are. It's all coming together now. I, I you know, here here's the funny thing too in closing that after Black Widow, uh, the next day I went to Avengers Campus in Disneyland. And there was a huge line, and you had Black Widow and Cap standing there for a meet and greet, but there was a huge line, and it was for Loki. And not only just any Loki, it was 2016 Folk Loki that was in Episode 5, and everybody, no matter what, and Black, and the, I felt bad for the cast member because she, she wanted the photo, so they, you know, they, they just saw a movie, and the cast member were like, well, Black Widow just had her movie to this, and they're like, yeah, but we want Loki, and it, it was ingenious with, with this cast member because Loki would disappear and show up in other parts on Avengers Campus because mm-hmm. he's Loki, and I'm still excited, and I feel bad for Black Widow, but... I I want more Loki, and I'm glad we're getting more Loki, and I don't know what's going to happen next, but I have to be honest with you. This series is definitely rewatchable. I thought there was great chemistry between him and Owen Wilson. I think the the, the actor who plays Lady Loki slash Enchantress is awesome. Yes. I, thought this, I mean, if there was one bad episode or one with just filler – Maybe a little bit of two, but then again, I can't think of really one bad episode in the bunch. I mean, if if there if were a that, couple slow episodes for the, me, the pacing was a little off. I'll give it that. It, 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 Especially it's a, the first episode was. Yeah, was you know what? I, I I give this I give this in total an eight and a half out of ten, or or a three and a half out of five. Not a bad. But it thing. is the best of the three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would go with Loki, Wandavision, and sadly. Do better, Captain and the Winter Soldier. You know, really do better, do better. But I, I, I even took a picture of Miss Minutes, and we didn't really talk too much about her. And there's this whole theory now on who, even Tara Strong, was interviewed, and she doesn't even know who. Well, yeah, Marvel's was... not going to tell her unless they no, t- no, no. until it's time to tell her, right? Because she doesn't know if she's a hologram. She doesn't know if she's sentient. Uh, they, they haven't really gone through that yet. So I not only did I take a picture, she's on my wallpaper. I'm trying to get her on my iWatch. So yes, I mean, this is possibly, I know people, if, if you're going to complain, you just can't say that it's crap or it sucks. We've given our reasons with Space Jam, with Black Widow. I need real reasons. You well, with Loki, just... it's just the fact that it may have been too talky. Again, there, there's a lot of people yes, out there okay. that, that a lot of people just didn't get it because it's too conversational and they wanted action, action, action. But again, to me, that was the best part because it explains everything that will be taking place going forward. And the thing is you have to listen carefully because it is all being explained to you. And because of that, it's going to be something that we're going forward. If you didn't watch that episode, then you really won't know what's going on for the rest of what's going on in the next phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's what I don't get too, is that if we grew up and we enjoyed Pulp Fiction, what do you have against Loki? If Quentin Tarantino wrote or directed the series, would people still complain about it? It's talky, but that's not, a, you know, you, you have to give me more than just say, well, it was talky. I go back to there are a lot of comic books that were talky that were in the DC and Marvel. And, and uh, you know, you have to give me a little more than just say it was talky. Unfortunately, there's only so much, whether it be a TV movie with this character, what Loki can and cannot do. We don't really know his weaknesses too much. We found them out a little bit more in this series. But beforehand, 
other than Loki being the god of mischief, I really don't know what his real weaknesses were or what he really wanted. And he, he took a, a 2D, really boring character. And the MCU took a lot of Z characters and they make them interesting. And he took Loki, which is this generic backstabbing god of mischief character, and you gave him more of a purpose and a soul and you wanted him back and you still complained. You can't have it both ways. I'm satisfied. I'm happy. I'm really glad this is the way they wanted to go with this path. And I'm really hoping that I, I can see this partnership with Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. I think they make a Oh, they work team. so well together. Absolutely. They work, yeah, they work so well. And Mobius, yeah, I would like to see, instead of Captain and Winter Soldier, I'd like to see a spinoff of Mobius and Loki. Make that happen. Well, they don't need to go ahead and have a spinoff because they'll be doing that in much of season two. You'll yeah, be getting yeah. a lot more of, of Mobius and Loki. The worst part, though, about this series is not about the content. It's not about the episodes. It's about when it was shown. And I mean that it was shown recently between the months of June and July. It's because Emmy nominations just came out. And because it came out when it came out, it didn't qualify for any Emmy nominations the problem is, is Emmy nominations are going to come out a year from now, my friend, almost to this week. We'll say 51 weeks from now. And hopefully it will not be forgotten because, no. again, there was some outstanding work. Tom Hiddleston, Richard, Richard Grant, Jonathan Majors, Owen Wilson, Lady Loki. She did yes. outstanding. All these episodes uh, were Again, some of them or a couple were, were not up to par, I think. But overall, there were like three or four outstanding episodes that I think really propelled this show and this series to above what WandaVision and its uneven nature. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was pretty good, Do but ultimately was pretty good. So to me, I think it is the number one of the three series, I think, right now. So hopefully people get a chance to finish Loki, that series off. I know you'll enjoy it. Share us your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. Before we head on out, my friend, I just want to run a couple things by you real quick. Black Widow in its second weekend. Again, the biggest drop ever for a Disney Marvel movie because I think a lot of people are saying right now, especially the theater owners, they're blaming Disney Plus that it's a day and date which I'm sure they're seeing from all the movies that are coming out day and day to a streaming service and a box office at the same time. I, I don't think it's just Black Widow that's doing it. So, like, I, I enjoyed it, you know, and I keep telling people, like, I thought it was really good. It was, yeah, it's like I got to the end of it, and it was probably, like, one of the most entertaining Marvel films that I'd seen, you know, outside of the big event films. You know, if you take away the Avengers and just have, like, your regular... Uh, single hero action film like i th thought black widow st stands pretty tall amongst the others there's also the talk about piracy being involved because a lot of people can now can go ahead and they just copy it and they post it on on other websites or whatnot so there could be a lot of pirating involved this is where the the watch at home model kind of fails you a little bit right because you have all these people who you can pay your 30 dollars and say you have like 10 to 15 people in a living room watching this stuff so I think that that's where the drop-off is coming from. I don't think it has anything to do with, like, uh, well, maybe it has something to do with pirating. People have pirated my books, too, you know? I'm like, I, yeah, it, it sucks, but, like, at the same time, you can't stop people from doing it, you know? And they've, they've tried. There's a lot of things, you know, they've, they've definitely tried to keep people from pirating things, but you just got to kind of, like, rely on people. If, this, if the product is good, you just got to hope that people will give money to it, you know? And, like with black widow i didn't actually stop to think about the whole thing where like you have the ability to disable an hdcp link right on disney plus and you can record things like i didn't i didn't think about that so i don't 
I don't know, because maybe it's pirating, maybe it's the, uh, you know, the multiple people in a living room, but I'm tending to think that it's more people, like, having friends all come over to their house to watch something like this. I don't think it's the movie itself. I know you said you didn't like it. You were on the show, and you shared your thoughts on it, and we had it. We played it on the PCC Multiverse. I know you didn't like it, per se, but a lot of people are generally liking it and thinking it's okay. It's not the greatest slice of bread in the world, but... I don't think it's exactly the fan response that's, that's a problem. I think it's the fact that technology and this day and date issue has now become an issue for the box office. Well, here's the thing. You know what? Endgame and Infinity War were pirated, and that still made a lot of money. So I don't think it's being Yeah, but there's a difference between that cell phone video you were getting a lot of in those first weeks and months. I'm sure that was out there. You know, we use cell phone. You you got the guy that's like it's kind of shaky, or some people are like walking in in the middle of the screening or whatnot. You've seen those type of things before, as yeah, far as but, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. When I saw Black Widow, same thing with Captain Marvel. It was ninety percent female, and once the movie was over, the women were like, "Well, that was a big bucket of nothing. This is a family show." They said something else, but when the post credit scene came up, everyone in my theater groaned. And here's the thing. The reason why Black Widow just came out way too late, we've discussed why. But I will say again, I think a lot of it has to do with the day and date. And I think this is something that theater owners are going to have to go ahead and deal with going forward because of the fact that when you have these movies that appear at the theaters and then also appearing on a streaming service such as Disney+, Plus, Netflix, HBO Max, especially because they've been doing a lot of day and dates, you're going to have this. You're going to have this for The Suicide Squad. You're going to have this for a lot of these other films that are coming up for the rest of this year. This is going to be an issue for them going forward. And I'm not sure how to go ahead and correct this other than just say, let's go back to the old way. But I don't want to go back to the old way. No, I like I the option of going day and date and having the option of streaming and also seeing it at the box office. I mean, the first weekend alone for Disney Plus, $60 million on Disney Plus alone. So that tells you right there that there's millions and millions of dollars that they can recoup by people who are not really willing to go out to the theaters. Now, mind you, had they done just the straight theater, I think they would have had 10 to 20% more individuals go to check out the film. But I'm not sure if it's really in their best interest to go ahead and take movies like that off the plate from day and date. So I like the day and date format. I hope it stays. But theater owners are going to continue to whine while this still happens because again we'll see this i'm pretty sure when the suicide squad comes up here in a couple of weeks and when some other movies come up that are also hbo max day and date or disney plus day and date you're going to see this continue for the weeks and months to come unless something is done and again i hope nothing is done i really like these options i do too but my question is i don't know what they're doing with Shang Chi or the Internals because I really those don't. are those are movie releases only at this point in time. Yeah, because here here's the thing: nobody's going to want to pay thirty dollars for those movies. And uh, then, I don't know. I would pay thirty dollars for Shang Chi and the Eternals. You never know. It's starting to look okay. I may. You never know. Of Spider Man Away from Home or No Way Home, I would definitely. But then again, to see that in the theater, and, and we still haven't seen a trail for that yet. But I also think people are starting to get a little Marvel fatigued. It's, it's one half dozen of the other. But you're right. I, th I think they just want something different than just a bunch of comic book movies too. Or maybe they're just done with Scarlet. It, it, it's 99 different reasons and excuses why it didn't do well. But whatever the case may be, at the end of the day, I don't have anything against the cast but I just didn't care for this plot. I wish I just wish that Black Widow would have gotten a better arc. But before we head on out, any thoughts on the Steam Deck? They've come out with three different models that you can go ahead and pre-order. It's coming out later this year. Really, a lot of what's going on with the Steam Deck is based off of you really getting into PC gaming, and I'm really excited about it. I'm not sure I may get one because of the price issues. They're about the price of laptops, starting at $400, depending on the size. I think $400, $530, and one in the $600 range, depending on the type of storage that you need. So Nintendo has said that they don't think they're competing with the Steam Machine, but I think they are because both the Switch and the Steam Deck, they're indie machines. You know, Nintendo has their big releases, but for the most part, like you go into the marketplace, it's just indies everywhere. And that's yeah. kind of what Steam is good for. A lot of indies on there, though they do have some big titles. 
I think that this thing is awesome. I'm not a PC gamer, but I look at this and I'm like, well, I could become a PC gamer. You know, you can switch the SD card if you want to. You can download different types of games. Like Steam has a lot of good stuff on there that like has been inaccessible to me because I've had a Mac for so long. And, you know, with something like this, like I would play more indies if I could take them on the go like this. You know, these these little smaller games, if I could play them on the go on vacation or while I'm sitting in the car, I would spend more time playing them. So let me read you these figures right here. So this was about, I want to say, three hours into the the queue opening up. Valve initiated this thing, the regional pools. These are the reservations. So they had this set up, and this was basically this these regional pools they built to try to keep scalpers out, which it didn't, and I'll get to that in a minute. I think this was like two hours in. They had a waiting line of 50,000 people in the U.S., 8.4 thousand people in Europe, and 7,000 people in Great Britain. So that's what leads me to believe like this is a product people have been wanting for a long time, you know, and like Steam has said they're working on some AAA titles, but like this was a good announcement. This was something that like people wanted, you know, it might not be the announcement of Half-Life 3, but or Left 4 Dead 3 or Portal 3 or whatever, but like this got people stoked. And, you know, as for the scalpers, you go on, you know, I was looking on eBay, there's already someone selling a 512 gigabyte reservation for about five grand crazy but yeah no i think this is a really cool thing any thoughts on the steam deck before we head on out i like steam but the problem is as an apple user there's a lot of pc games i can't put on it if you have it where i can do if i could put my pc games on the steam deck like the yakuza series or transformers devastation why not a portable steam system doesn't sound too terrible if I could put both games that are on the Apple and the PC, that would be great. If not, I don't really see the point of it. But Steam has been crashing a lot on both my PC and my Macintosh. And I know it's because of the graphics card. If you can figure out how to fix that little issue, yeah, I, I could see. I mean, I know in the past they tried to make Steam its own system and to put the games that are on Steam on that system. If they could do that again, Sure. If not, it's another waste of money and, and a machine or a system you don't need. Well, I'll tell you what, a lot of people are still interested by it. I think it's something that's going to gain a lot of interest when it comes out later this year, right around the holiday season. Having the option to go ahead and play your games on the go. If they can figure out a way to go ahead with that Linux OS to go ahead and connect all of your games in your Steam library that you can play on the go. But if they can get the Epic Store, which they said that you can already do when you get it. You'll be able, be able to connect your Epic Store, all your Epic games from there. And if you can get all the Xbox games on there and play the Xbox games consistently and well on the Steam Deck, my gosh, the possibilities there are really endless. And with PlayStation also having an eye on PC gaming, there could be a possibility that you could play a lot of your PlayStation, a lot of your Xbox, and all your Steam and Epic games and Yes, I know you can throw things on there like another OS. You can you can actually hook it up to a monitor and a keyboard and a mouse and make it like a miniature PC. That's all well and good, but it's going to be a gaming machine first and foremost, and I'm really excited for it. It's just the high price tag is going to really get a lot of people. It's another expensive system, but a lot of the games on Steam I found to be worth it and some of the oh yeah you could get them really cheap when they throw their sales out there yeah i mean they're and even even the games that are on playstation and xbox they do put on steam and if you could still do that if yeah if you can have xbox games pass on there so you can play a variety of games on there and do that that's that's a true game changer that that'll blow away anything nintendo if, if you could if you like i said if you could put the games that they put on xbox and playstation that they already put on steam and you could do that on the, on the Steam. Yeah, then it's a shut up and take my money. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend. In a pinch, you're always there for me. And I cannot thank you enough for doing so on this week's Pop Culture Cosmos. Any last thoughts on the way out? Yes, folks. Again, for the 20 billionth time, Loki is worth it. Space Jam, like I said, go watch Lego Moving, Lego Batman and Roger Rabbit. And finally, it's going to be a very interesting year for, I think... Marvel and DC. Don't forget to check us out on the Friday show. Marcus De La Garza and I are going to be breaking down what happened over the week in pop culture right here at the Pop Culture 
cosmos. So for Josh Peterson and Noe and Fine, this is Gerald Glassford. Just another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great